Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and even heal under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And today, I'm happy to say our guest is Stephen Franz, who is a teacher, and I want to call a secret gardener. Welcome, Stephen. All right. I like that title, Tom. I did. It's a little bit of mystery involved. Mystery, so. yes. Well, we, we, let's, we're going to do the easy part. I don't know if it's the easy part. This is the part that we all understand to begin with, which is you're a teacher. And yeah. You and I know where we both live because we both live in Jersey City. So yeah. I take it you're teaching in Jersey City. I'm actually teaching in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's about 40 minutes west of here. But yeah, so I teach fifth grade in, yeah, in Scotch Plains. And it's inside of a middle school, but I mean, it's still elementary. So uh, yeah, so yeah. I have the kids for all five subjects all, all day long. And it's, it's, it's definitely, it's something that's very fun. It's really fulfilling. And Well, uh, today you usually have kids all day long. But yeah. you're not with the kids, is that right? I mean, you're doing this virtually or how's Oh, yeah. So, yeah, right now we're doing this virtually. So basically I'm in my classroom alone and I've got my computer set up on a desk that's facing the whiteboard and all the kids are logged on, hopefully. And hopefully. They're in, you know, they're in front of their webcams, hopefully most of the time and uh, paying attention and not doing, you know, Tetris or Pac-Man on another screen or something like that. And that's kind of how the day goes. I mean, the, it's generally the same schedule as we have. It's just that everything is now, you know, via a, you know, a Zoom meeting. And a Zoom meeting. So you start, what time do they start? What time do classes start? So they start at 8, 10. And then there's an hour for reading, writing, and math. And then we also have what's called a kind of a homeroom where we'll talk about uh, some social emotional learning stuff, which is something that they're really kind of emphasizing this year, just in terms of because the kids aren't together, they're not seeing each other and they're not having that same interaction, not nearly as much. So a lot of sort of the things that you, little smaller things you learn just by being around people, like how to say hello and how to, you know, read people's emotions and things like that. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of learning that goes on there as well. And so uh, we're doing a lot of lessons that go along with that in terms of, you know, how to be a positive person, how to regulate your own emotions, things like breathing and, you know. Um, and, and how old are these children? I know fifth grade. Uh, fifth grade should be 10 turning into 11, 10 turning into 11. Right. Yeah. And mixture of boys, girls, what have you got? Yep. Boys and girls. Yep. So I got 22. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. And how? <laughs> I don't know how to ask this question. How does one keep order on a Zoom call? Um, well, the, that's one of the weird things is that actually, like, it's a little bit easier to keep order, right? Because normally, because I have like a mute button, I just say mute yourself, right? So then everyone's they're off. It's more in terms of keeping them engaged and on me right so for example they've got the computer and they got the internet in front of their faces as much as i would like to say i'm really great at this you know sometimes i can't you know 
multiplication isn't always as fun as, you know, video games and stuff like that on the internet. So it's more in terms of keeping them on, uh, keeping their eyes focused and keeping them like on camera so that they're paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, so that's more of the battle. It's more, but the order is pretty easy. When you're in the classroom, it gets a little bit more difficult because again, they're face to face and it's much easier to talk. Yeah, you know, there's can, no mute button face to face. They can they can talk because they yes, want. Yes, they can talk and they do. And they, they do. certainly do. But uh, do you miss that in a way? I mean, that oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I will take that. I will take that issue, which is a headache. But I'll take that headache over this any day. You know what I mean, just in terms of, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not the same job. Uh, yeah, and how do you get to know the kids in, in the Zoom world? Um, I mean, again, that's another hard thing because again, you don't get to see, it's a lot more difficult to get, like have like a one-on-one -on -one meeting with a kid. Right. So for example, normal times, I'm just bouncing around the classroom, I'll sit next to a kid, you know what I mean? And we'll talk, have a quick conversation, a conference about writing, about reading, math, whatever they're doing. And it's really easy to bounce around. So I can do that a lot, very quickly, very efficiently over the course of, over the course of the day. Now it's much more difficult to do that. It's much more difficult to sort of see what they're doing as they're doing it, see their work as they're working. Um, so a lot of it comes in with me, me, I mean, it, you don't get a lot of the same stuff, same stuff. So probably not at the same level of knowledge of who they are, but I mean, it's more in terms of looking at their work and then also some of the stuff that deals with, um, like I told you, like when we're doing the homeroom, some of the social emotional stuff, we try to do lots of conversations. We also have like, we have lots of uh, breaks for the kids too, to try and get some of that socializing in. Yeah, well, you can't uh, see them. Like when you, you have them in the classroom, you could see them talking to another person. You can see yeah. what their energy level is like in re relationship to other people. Right. And if you can't, exactly. yeah. when you this, have this talking, uh, emotional, whatever, how do they talk about the, the COVID, do they talk about what this world is like for them at the moment? Um, sometimes, a lot of it's like in terms of, a lot of the stuff is in terms of like, yeah, you know, sometimes they talk about like masks and they don't talk about COVID too much. A lot of it's in more um, in terms of technology. Right. It can get real frustrating for the kids. Um, you know what I mean? Not being able to, you know, see their friends Yep. Yep. That type of thing, as opposed to any sort of, I haven't heard too much of, you know, fear about getting sick or anything, but it's more in terms of the effects of having to, having school taken away from them. You right. know what I mean? As it, as, or at least as they knew it. Yeah. Not seeing friends. Like we can't see friends either. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, we can kind of handle it, but they, that's a really difficult thing for them. Of course. Now, how long have you been teaching? Uh, this will be my seventh year, I want to say. All seventh right, so year. a few years. Yeah. And, and did you always want to be a teacher? How did you get yourself into this wonderful situation? I was a um, camp counselor at a camp up in Massachusetts. Uh, my after, I and mean, I did that during the summer uh, when I turned 18. And then I did it for the next five summers or so. Right. And that was a fun thing. I realized I was kind of good at that and I was able to connect with kids. And so from there I figured, you know, and I always enjoyed being around kids. I thought they were funny. You know what I mean, it was always interesting. 
And it's a challenge to kind of keep them engaged and do meaning and do interesting things. You know, if, if, if you want to keep them engaged and that's something that you care about, then it does become quite a creative and challenging process. Um, So that's kind of where I got that thought from. Um, And then it just kind of, that's, and from, from there, once I graduated, uh, one of the uh, camp director was principal at an elementary school. So I got a job. So I knew her. So I got a job like just working around the building, essentially popping into different classrooms. If someone you know was absent, if an aide was absent, I'd pop in and help that out. And so I kind of built it from there. And then eventually went to grad school and got my degree. And now here I am. And it seems to me, the way you talk about it, that you like what you're doing. I do. I do. I think it's, it, I mean, it's incredibly, there's, it's very, very stressful, but at the same time, it's very, it's very fulfilling in terms of uh, the rewards you get in realizing sort of what you're doing. And also in terms of, um, like I said, it's, it's very challenging intellectually. And it's also very creative, especially if you want to try to do it well. You right. know, if you want sort of like whatever I got to get done with this, then, you know, it can be blah, 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 monotonous. But again, if you're trying to get better, if it's something that you're engaged with, then it becomes something that's really challenging and really creative. And then when it works, it's, ah, you know I mean, you have a kid who's. And what's your definition of working? Can you tell so, us? So usually, well, when the kids are basically, first off, when I know, I know it's working when I have the kids eyes on me. Right. right. And then at the end of it or during it, at some point, a kid will go, oh, like that. You watch the light bulb go off. Yes. And you go, oh, like that. And yes, here we go. And then that's when you figured it out. And that's a, that's a really nice moment because then something that was unknown is now known and the world's a little bit less weird and strange. <laughs> it's yeah. weird and strange for the world. Well, and that's the other thing. I don't know, these uh, children are not that old, but they pick up a lot of things. And mm-hmm. there is a world that they're living in right now that includes a lot of division, a lot right. of uh, anger and upset. Right. Are, is any of that coming into the classroom? Are you aware uh, of that? Um, not yet. Not yet. We don't have, a, I haven't done anything as of yet. Um, again, I try to talk about some of, we try to keep politics out of it. Like I don't right. usually talk about, like we're doing the election or if we do, uh, we don't just generally talk about, you know, the, the candidates or things like that. Um, I try not to almost out of, you know, I have my own opinion, but again, I try not, I, I think it's, I don't want to teach them what to think, but I want to teach them like to think. About to think, it, yes. Right, yes. to sort of be able to gather up the evidence and stuff like that. But in terms of some of the other, you know, so those things will sort of present what's going on. And some of those, you know, conflicts will come in because obviously they've heard stuff from their parents. Right. And, you know, and they might get riled up about that. But we try to kind of, that's something where you, it's also um, because you can teach being civil. Yes. You You can teach that. And if all they see is what's on the news, then that's what they're going to learn. But again, if you can have, uh, debate about something, and if you teach them to be civil and how to have that type of discussion, then they can actually have that discussion. And you can have lots of, we've done debates on things like, 
versus like privacy versus, you know, I mean, safety and things like the minimum wage where, you know, people kind of can really get up in arms about it and really be, you know, kind of more, uh, I guess, derogatory, I suppose. Right. But um, if you teach them on how to do, you know, how to disagree, what does it look like if you are disagreeing in a respectful manner, right? How does your face look? What does your voice sound like? What does, you know, what is the tone of your voice? What is your body doing, right? All these really tiny explicit things that they start to absorb. And then that teaches that person how to be, or teaches that kid how to have a more civil discussion. Um, so when that type of thing pops up, I guess I, I'm kind of going off topic, but I mean, when that type right. of thing pops up, like that's, you can teach those kids to be civil. Um, so, you know, when those things happen, I try to remind, like, I try to remind those kids if like the candidates did come up, I would try to remind those kids that of what we talk about when we have those debates. You know what I mean? If you are being antagonizing, no one's going to listen to you. You know what I mean? And no one's going to want to come to your side. You're not going to convince anyone of anything. So to be able to state your opinion in a respectful way, but also to be able to disagree with someone in a respectful way. Um, so again, when those, that's sort of a way to kind of hedge off some of those conflicts that come in. That's good. Yeah. Now you talk about things you like and enjoy. What are the most difficult things that you face in this system as, as opposed to let's say before? Doing, you know, teaching remotely is harder because? Um, it is, it's just not as effective. I mean, right. I mean and that's not to say we shouldn't be doing it. Right. right? Those are two different debates. But the idea, especially with kind of younger education, it's such an interpersonal thing to be able to go up to someone and look and see exactly what they're doing and be able to look them in the face and point out oh, this thing you're doing right here. That's, I see what you're doing right there. You should actually be doing this. And right. that immediate feedback I can get from just being right in front of someone and talking to them and seeing what they're doing. Now I can kind of see the kids, but at the same time, seeing what they're doing and them at the same time is difficult. And it's not kind of the same connection. Right, it's not that person, it's, it's not that intimate connection that one gets whenever you're talking to someone face to face. Exactly, exactly. And that sort of builds a trust and that builds a connection and sort of gives me a better idea of who the kids are and what, how they're gonna to respond to certain things, right. um, what I can best do for them. And so not being, it's, it just isn't as efficient in terms of being able to give the kids um, that one-to-one -one attention, but also in terms of being able to uh, kind of, I want to say, because what we do is you, you differentiate everything. So again, we're doing a lesson and then I will, for example, I'll do a math lesson, like here's, we're doing multiplication. And then our independent work is, I'll give like three different assignments based off of how the kids did during that little lesson when I was writing problems on the board, right? So like these kids are doing really great. They're gonna do this worksheet. These kids are in the middle, they'll do this one. These kids who are low, we're still working on it. They're gonna do this worksheet, right? You can tell that, you can tell that. Yes, because again, I'll be like, we're doing some problems during the, I'll be showing you what this lesson is. And we're like, okay, everyone try this problem, all right? Then we'll go over and try this problem. And as they're doing that, I'll bounce around and make a note on the board. Like you're this, 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 this. And then I'll go around and go bam, 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 and let them know which one I want them to do. That's quite right? a challenge, quite a challenge. Yeah. 
It's a challenge. It takes, it takes a while to get used to it. But then once you get used to it, that's the most kind of effective way of doing it. Yes. Because yes. every kid gets what they need. And then that becomes much more difficult in the situation that we're in right now. Right. Just right. in terms of materials, in terms of being able to get to see what the kids are doing, in terms of you know, getting a kid one-on-one -on -one attention, things like that. Well, it's clear that you, you have passion. You care about this, which is wonderful. That's what we need in our teachers. It is. It, and that's why this is, it tends to be, it tends to be frustrating. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's take our move away now from this, even though it's a fascinating subject. Sure. I mean, I, I'm going to say one more thing about this. I imagine what you're saying is that when all the virus is gone, we yeah. hope, and no longer a threat to us, you would, yeah. you would say school in person is the best way to do it. Yes. Okay. And particularly for young, maybe older, that might change. Yeah, I think maybe older kids would be able to figure it out. I mean, but I think, again, like college kids might be able to figure it out because you can kind of work independently. Some of the older high school kids. Right. You know what I mean? I think, but the, the, also the idea is that like, I think some of the, the, the kids who, who, do, who do are going to do fine here would do fine in school. Right. You know what I mean? But the kids who need that help in school are going to be at a big disadvantage for the remote stuff. Yeah, they're not, get, they're not getting it. They're not getting they're what not, they actually yeah, need. Exactly. So again, the kids who would be doing well are going to continue to do well. Right. The kids who need the help are going to suffer more. Suffer, suffer more. more. Yeah. Well, you are doing something else. I mean, I think teaching is a wonderful thing and I, I admire it, but you're doing something else. I mean, not to tell too many tales out of school, but I met you on the street at 6th Street yeah. in Jersey City digging in the dirt. I mean, I come up to this guy, my wife and I come up and say, what are you doing here? You're digging. I mean, you're not a city worker. I mean, what's yeah. going on? What were you doing there? Uh, so I was digging up a section of grass so I was, could plant uh, daffodil bulbs. And uh, so yeah. This is, this is in October, right? Yes, it's October. So theoretically, they could pop up in, uh, pop up in, the, in the spring, obviously. Um, so yeah, that was something that I was doing in that part of the embankment. Because if, if you go to Jersey City, there's the big embankment and the embankment has, uh, you know, the sidewalk that's all grass and there's different parts of it. And it tends to be pretty, people throw trash on it. Right, and right. The grass gets to be overgrown. There's lots of weeds. It doesn't look nice. And um, so what happened was in April, I decided I was, as went out and started digging up the ground along the sidewalk, along the embankment and with like a little pickaxe and just digging up the ground and getting up the ground and went down the city block and planted flowers down the city block. I've seen that block. That's near where yep. I live. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah beautiful. So exactly. Yeah. So then I kind of, it started about with, um, there was apparently there was a guy who did it before me. His name was Rick, but he moved away a couple of years ago and he planted like corn and flowers and stuff like that, but he moved away. And so it was just kind of this big weedy pile. And then I've always thought like, oh, wouldn't that be kind of nice to just have it go the whole way down the street? Like, wouldn't that yes. be great? Yes, it's very pretty. And, and it can be very pretty, right? Is this because you didn't, also because you had a little more time because you were out of yeah, work? So exactly, so yeah. Exactly, yeah. I, was out, <laughs> I did have a bit more time, right? So again, that was when we were fully remote, just like we are now, but I was at my house. Right. So right now I'm in my school doing the remote thing, but I was at my house doing the remote. So again, I would log off of school and then I'd go down to the sidewalk and I'd start hacking up 
chunks of the, the, the ground along the sidewalk. It's unpaved, so I'm not hiking up the, the cement and everything. But right, well, that's good. You, I know, yeah. Then it might be a little tough. Yeah. A little tough. But, um, so yeah, I, I put a bunch of different beds along, all along the embankment. And um, I was planting a ton of flowers. I got a bunch of seeds I threw out there. And then, you know, some stuff worked. Sometimes the cars ran over it because they, you know what I mean? They would kind of run over the curb. So I'd get, some of them get, get run over. Get somewhere bed. quicker. Yes, exactly. They try to do U-turns on this one tiny street. So basically they all, inevitably they run over one of the beds full of like Black Eyed Susans or something like that. And so there was a kind of a little bit of trial and error before I kind of got to really poof. Right, well, it's looking, it's looking beautiful. Yes, have you always not. been a gardener? I mean, have you always liked gardening? Uh, no, I think I got into it probably about two years ago. Two years ago, there's a, a community garden called the Brunswick Community Garden, which is a few blocks from there. Right. And uh, I got a, I think I, um, I became a member there, right? And I was really excited. I was like, oh, I want to do this. But at the same time, you have to be on a waiting list for it. And so in order to get the plot. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to get on the waiting list, then I'm going to start to, I got to, you know, work. Or like, if I want to go move up the waiting list, maybe it'll help me if I kind of put in a lot of effort in there. Right. Kind of show up a lot. Then maybe they'll kind of bump me up there. And I'll get on slide in a little bit earlier. So I would show up a lot. And I help out a lot with a lot of the, uh, weeding and stuff like that and i figured i figured that i really didn't enjoy it some of even the more labor intensive stuff like weeding because it was just sort of cathartic and like simple and you kind of shut your brain off and just pull right and you have to, you have direct results it's you exactly, do something exactly. you see, see a result it's not complicated right pull toss dig. satisfaction satisfaction yeah a lot of satisfaction with it so then i did that and then so then eventually i was like I really wanted green space because, you know, where we live, you know, green space is a premium. Right. Uh, but I didn't have any. And um, I wasn't, I didn't have a plot at the garden yet. So I was itching for something. And then I figured we had time. And then I figured just, I don't know, just try it. And so no, you I, did. You yeah, I did. And I did. And I dug it up and I haven't, no one's, and people ask me about it. They're like, and they're like, oh, is this like, are you part of the city? I'm like, no, I just sort of dig it up and the police don't seem to mind. They don't mind. They haven't locked you up yet. So I know they haven't locked me up yet. So again, um, it was- and you, you pay for this, right? This is out of your pocket. Yes, yeah. Yes. So hopefully I try to do as much stuff from seed because that makes it a lot cheaper. Right. You right. throw in some bulbs and I do notice that if, because um, there is someone who, who uh, I think there's some, I'm not sure who it is. But there is a like either someone from the city or someone else comes and they mow it. So there's some yeah. grass there. And if something, so a lot of times, so I've had some like stuff start to come up and they'll just <laughs> chop it down. Mow it down. Right. But I found out that if you, I was able to buy some actual grown flowers, like some mums or I have some impatience in there. Um, I had marigolds. You put those things in those little beds and they sort of leave it alone, which is nice. That's which is good. Kind of, That's it's good. a very like affirming thing. Like even though like I'm not supposed to do it, like they're like, this looks nice. We'll just leave it alone. Right, well then I, I'd like more people to do what they're not supposed to do that looks nice. 
Yes, as exactly. To, as opposed to what some of them seem to be doing today. But right, okay, yeah. we, we won't talk about that. Yeah. Well, that's that, wonderful. Yeah. And then what else happened? And then it was like, um, and then as I was doing it, this other guy named Paul walked by. I was like, are you just, can you just do this? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Fine. And so then I, one day when I came back there, I found that he had made his own plot. So he had dug a raised plot and he put it in there and he threw in like tons of vegetables and he's got tons of greens coming up and he had a pumpkin plant that had like three or four pumpkins pop up. What fun. I know exactly. And it kind of went all the way down the sidewalk and there's blossoms everywhere. And then it was really neat. And then start to, then the, like late in the summer, I got all the morning glories going up the, uh, the, the, the street posts. And I late in the summer, I planted another plot like farther down, down the, down the street. And that was like towards another corner of like Jersey and sixth Avenue. And that one's doing well now. And then what I want to do is, and then what I'm going to, what I've, there's the plot that I dug up when I met you. Right. And then across the street from it, there's another one exactly like it that's all overgrown and filled with trash. So hopefully either like this weekend or sometime I'm going to do the same thing. Take that one up, throw some daffodils in there. Well, you're, up. And you're relegated to weekends now. Yes, exactly. Relegated to weekends at this point. Yeah. So, but I mean, still it's something. It's, well, it's, it gives you satisfaction, I take it. Yes, it gives me a lot of satisfaction, especially now that you can kind of walk by and see all the stuff coming up. You can and, see you know, the results of your hard yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some people walk by and they're like, oh, it looks really nice. And you're like, oh, thank you. So it's, it's very well, satisfying, yeah. It, it is very nice. And I, yeah. and I hope that more people will not only see it, but join in and do it. Yes, the whole city that, did it. Yeah, that would, be my, that would be my hope and wish would be that I'm going to continue to make plots like small plots all along the street and all along that embankment because it's all grass right and then hopefully is i'll i tried this one time but I don't, i'm not sure if anyone grabbed it but i just dug up a chunk and then put a little sciences if you want a garden just plant me right right so hopefully someone just takes it and they take it over and then it becomes more of a kind of a community garden type situation well if you want to invite somebody to do that you know yep. there is this thing called next door oh yeah and you could put a little notice up there and say, anybody want to be a secret gardener? Come on, join me. That's a possibility. Because yeah, there's, you know, I mean, there's, like I said, there's the guy Paul, and then there's some other person who I, I'm not sure, put in a rose bush. It just sort of appears. It's kind of interesting. And then someone, uh, what, some another person who I didn't know kind of popped up and mulch appeared some of my flowers. I was like, oh, that's great. So again, and then there's another guy who lives across the street who waters everything too, which is amazing. That's wonderful, yes. Yeah, yes. so and he put in some begonias around a little tree and they look really pretty. And so like, it's kind of, it's a bunch of people kind of starting to be, like I would like it to be kind of like, like I said, a more community garden type situation. I think a that a community, be, well, building community. That is what yeah, you exactly. are doing. It's yeah. what you do all along. You build community in school and now you're building community in the city with the flowers. That's beautiful. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, That's beautiful. yeah. Well, we are coming to the end of our little conversation here. This has been delightful. I'm so glad we met you. But before we end, what if somebody's listening to this and would like to find out more about what you do, or maybe come and do another garden with you? How's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, let me think. You know what? I'll maybe do, I guess I'll do, I guess my email. Your email is, is usually a good way, if, they, if yeah. you don't mind. What sure, is? it'd be, uh, so it's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, dot M-F-R-A-N-T-Z, at Gmail. So that's dot M-F-R-A-N-T-Z, okay. Yeah. 
Very good, Stephen. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of what you're doing, being a teacher, helping our kids, and helping the city to be beautiful. All right. I appreciate sure. it very much, and I'm so happy you, you agreed to come on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. It's cool. This is fun. It's fun talking, and I hope we get more gardeners out of all of this. That's Hopefully, what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, and more loving kids, talking, teaching them how to how to talk to one another. That's a yeah. good idea. And thank <laughs> thank you for doing all of that. Sure. And thank and thank our audience for listening to this and being a part of the heart of healing, the healer's journey, the COVID epidemic episodes. Thank you so much.